This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with a hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to our show. Um, it, I, I titled this episode, um, When the Exception Becomes the Rule, Is It Still the Exception? Um, and I think when I talk about this, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. I mean, everything Donald Trump does seems to be the exception to the rule, but it just keeps becoming the rule. Um, so when he was when he was uh, impeached the first time, that had only ever happened one other time. Uh, then he was impeached a second time, just days before he was to leave office anyway. That was unprecedented. And this week, uh, his Mar-a-Lago home in Florida, where he wasn't in residence at the time, was, and I'm going to use the word truly what, what it is, was raided by the FBI. Now, the media is talking about being searched. I don't think you need 30 agents with automatic rifles and body armor for 10 hours to do a search. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not FBI. Um, We're led to believe that Christopher Wray acted on his own, did not inform Merrick Garland, did not inform the president that they were going to raid the former president's home for something um, kind of under the impression of it was stuff for the archives, uh, the presidential, yeah, 1978 act that basically preserve everything. Now that was geared towards Nixon because they didn't want him to delete, getting rid of things that made him look better, but it's never really been pushed to this level. Now, Donald Trump did take documents with him. Uh, apparently 15 boxes of documents that were returned to the National Archives. And apparently there was a tip inside Mar-a-Lago to somebody at the FBI that he had additional boxes in a basement with his suits and coats and probably other things that you store in basements. Um, There was a visit in June saying, you need to have a secure lock on this. They didn't take anything, met with the president. Apparently he was pleasant and said, okay. Um, so it, it, it begs the question, what are you looking for? And then after this, uh, Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania had his cell phone seized by three FBI agents while he was on vacation with his family. And then additional subpoenas were issued yesterday at the Pennsylvania State Capitol in Harrisburg to additional Republicans. We don't know which ones because it's not been reported who, but they were on site issuing subpoenas. Now, it seems like it's probably related to January 6th, uh, because if you've watched any of January 6th, and I hope you haven't wasted your time, you have not learned anything new. You've learned nothing new. Like I said last week, you've learned, you've seen additional video you may not have seen cut in a way to look very scary and even preface with, this is very scary, but you didn't learn anything new. You haven't learned anything. I don't know if Donald Trump incited a riot. I don't. I haven't seen anything that says he did. So if in the United States we are innocent until proven guilty, I haven't seen it. Is there things he should have done differently? Oh, definitely. Um, 
but I, did he incite a riot? Go down and peacefully protest. That doesn't sound like a riot or inciting of a riot, but I'm not a lawyer, so I won't speak to that. But I, it just seems like there's, there's this Trump derangement syndrome. We've talked about it in the past that a lot of these politicians just can't get past. He's not on the ballot. Now, he might be on the ballot in 2024. I hope not, but he might be. You know, I thought about this. I voted for Trump in 2016. I voted for him again in 2020. Based on the two candidates he was running against, I think those were, be- those were good decisions, in my opinion. Hillary Clinton was a disaster. She's still a disaster. We'll get to her in a second. Joe Biden is a disaster. If you're still sitting out there saying Joe Biden is good for this country, then you don't love this country at all because Joe Biden is not good for this country. Joe, the Joe Biden administration is not good for America. I'm not even sure he's good for the world based on his policies and his actions because he's making our allies decidedly less safe because of him. So it's not just that he, Joe Biden is screwing up America. He's screwing up the world. Now, if you're our enemies, you love it. If you're Russia, if you're China, you're all over this. But if you're anybody who's allied with us or wanted to be allied with us, no, Joe Biden's not making things better for for anybody out there. So I thought about Trump. So he came in in 2015 when he, he, he announced his candidacy for 2016. Had a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage we knew about. A lot of baggage just in his personal life and his business dealings. I said at the time, I didn't think he'd be the nominee. I was hoping he wouldn't be the nominee. That was not the nominee I wanted, but he was, and he won, even with all that baggage. Now, you can say that um, some things were weighted against Hillary uh, when James Comey kind of restarted an investigation when they seized Andrew Weiner's uh, laptop and then stopped it. Did that harm her enough for Donald Trump to win? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I don't know that anybody will ever know. If you wanted Hillary to win, then you'll say yes. If you wanted Trump to win, you say no, he would have won anyway. I, I don't know. Um, but but he won. And then you had the entire Russia hoax, and I'm going to call it a hoax because it was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign, peddled off as legitimate intelligence to the FBI, who then followed up for the entire time Trump was in office. And we were told by Adam Schiff over and over again, there's, there's damning evidence, there's stuff here. But you never produced any of it. Nothing was corroborated. Nothing. So if it wasn't a hoax, it was a four-year boondoggle that may have derailed certain legislation because, you, let's be very clear, Democrats are not good losers. They think they should always be in power and they should never lose. They don't know how to be losers, so they, they blame everybody else for why they lost, and then they are vindictive about how to get back into power. They make stuff up, they lie, they cheat, they do whatever they have to do. Now, I'm not going to put it past the Republicans to do some of the same things because they probably do, um, but it's, it seems malicious when, when the Democrats do it as a group, not talking about individuals, but as a group, they tend to just inflame things so that they look better by comparison. You know that person who always insults everybody around them to make themselves look better because they're kind of um, insecure in themselves? That's what I feel like with the Democrats. They, they're always trying to tell you how 
awful, everybody else, awful, 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 but not me. Yes, I know I've, I've cheated on my wife, I've cheated on my taxes, I've lied to the American public, but I'm not as bad as him who did X. So therefore, I'm okay by comparison. Now, I talk to my daughter about this all the time. You can't compare yourselves to others and say, well, I'm better than them. That doesn't matter. Be better than you. Be good. Be, be good at what you do. Um, be a good person. Do, do the right things. It doesn't matter if you're better than the, the child molester down the street. It doesn't make you a good person. It just means you're not a child molester. That does, that's not good. That's still bad. You know, oh, I've, I, only drunk, I was only drunk driving, you know, but I didn't hit anybody like that guy who did. You know, I didn't kill anybody. That doesn't make it better. That's not okay. So every time I hear the Democrats talk, I just assume they're going to tell you how awful somebody else is. You know, I was in sales for a long time, and um, a lot of salespeople would try to tell you how terrible their competitor was, how terrible the product was, why it was awful, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, that didn't endear you to your clients because they felt like, okay, you're going to, uh, I'm hearing what you say, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell me why I should buy your product. It just tells me why I shouldn't buy that product. So if you're not selling the merits of what you are and what you have, and you're only bad mouthing somebody else, then that's not really going to get us anywhere. So it's not really helpful. So that's how I feel the Democrats are always trying to denigrate everybody around them. And the Republicans, sadly, do not do a great job of differentiating themselves. And I don't mean splitting hairs. I mean actually differentiating themselves, being conservative, if in fact you are conservative. Being, being down the middle, that may get legislation through, but that's not really helpful um, when you're passing the, the Build Back Bummer bill, um, the Inflation Reduction Act, which literally does not reduce inflation in any way, shape, or form, does not reduce greenhouse gases. It just takes a bunch of money from you and I and gives it to the people that the government wants to give it to. That, that's what that bill does. It doesn't help us in any way. It sounds like it would. You know, we talked about, I've talked about this many, many times. When you hear the People's Republic of, the Democratic People's Republic of uh, North Korea, if you have to say Democratic Republic, it isn't. It isn't. So the communists always like to tell you there's something they're not because they know what they are is not what is acceptable. So they tell you something else and act as though that's what they actually are. Well, this, these bills often are named poorly or maybe judiciously to reflect what isn't actually happening. So the Inflation Reduction Act will not reduce inflation at all, not even remotely. It isn't even designed to reduce inflation. It's just in the title. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You're right. I can't judge this piece of legislation by the title because it has, one has nothing to do with the other. So Trump had a lot of baggage coming in. He left with a lot of baggage. He may be the 2024 nominee, although I, let me, let me put out a scenario here. So we want somebody who fights like Trump but without the baggage. I mean, if, if you're a Republican, that's what you're looking for. You don't like Trump because of X, Y, and Z. It doesn't really matter why you don't like Trump. And you're willing, you say, to vote for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or any other retread that they, they throw out there who really isn't anything different than the other ones you didn't want uh, on the Democratic side. 
you're willing to vote for them because you don't want Trump. Because mean tweets are bad, but inflation, high gas prices, uh, um, our, our world stage presence is garbage. Uh, we're begging uh, brutal dictators for oil. Um, you name it. You, you pick, pick whatever you want. The, the failure in Afghanistan, um, the failure in Ukraine, the, the coming failure in Taiwan. You pick it. It doesn't really matter. You don't like the mean tweets. Now, I don't like the mean tweets, and I would prefer that Donald Trump had not put all those mean tweets out. But he's banned from Twitter, so he can't mean tweet, right? See, that's kind of a win. But you want somebody that fights without the baggage. You want a Donald Trump light. My fear is Donald Trump light doesn't fight. Donald Trump light is simply Mitt Romney, maybe. Not really, because Mitt Romney doesn't fight. Is Ron DeSantis Trump light? I don't know. I'm not in Florida. I have no idea. He seems like he's got some of those capabilities, but on a national stage, I don't know. Um, Trump's first reaction is to fight back. He doesn't know when to stop fighting. He just fights, fights, fights. And I would contend it's because of his baggage that he's the fighter that he is. I don't agree with him socially on a lot of things. Um, Legislatively, when you got out of the way, most of the time, yes. Um, but I don't know that he's not my ideal candidate. But my question is, can you get the ideal candidate without the baggage? Because you've had to have annoyed somebody along the way. You just didn't pop out at 35 running for president and not have annoyed somebody to get there. So can you get a fighter without baggage? I don't think you can. So is Trump the best option for 2024 for the Republicans? I, I, just, I honestly don't know. Um, I think we're a little too far out for me to feel comfortable predicting that because I was wrong in 2016. But I think that if you want to win back the White House, now here's the other thing, win back the White House. Trump threatened to, well threatened, promised to drain the swamp. He didn't do that, obviously. He didn't do that. Um, maybe it was a, a, a task bigger than him. Maybe it was a task that couldn't be accomplished. He's never said that publicly. Um, I would say it's, a, it's an overwhelming task that I think is made harder by the fact that even if he won in 2024, he had a four-year gap where things could be rebuilt, so it's even harder to tear back down. Um, but this, this action by the FBI seems political. Um, we're told Merrick Garland, again, didn't know anything about it. We're told that uh, you know Joe Biden didn't know anything about it, learned about it on Twitter. That seems odd to me. I just, just saying it sounds odd that that could possibly be the case. Um, is it possible Christopher Ray did this on his own? I guess. Um but only if you're asking for forgiveness and not permission because you won't be given permission. Uh, that's the only reason you would think it would be okay because, well, it's already done. We can't go back and change it now. Uh, but I don't, I don't quite grasp um, what the thought process was here. It's to take Trump off the table. I know they want to indict him. 
I know that's Merrick Garland said he wants to indict him. He not, doesn't want. He's going to pursue all all avenues. Um, I think the the AG in New York who ran on the platform of I'm going to get Trump, I'm going to get Trump, I'm going to get Trump, and he released a video yesterday about that. Seems a little biased. I mean, when your your whole shtick is I'm going to get Trump, vote for me, I'm going to get Trump. It sounds like a Berea thing from Russia. Uh, you show me the person, I'll show you the crime. I'm not saying Trump is squeaky clean because I'm pretty sure he isn't. But if all you're looking for is a way to bring down Donald Trump and you're you're missing things or you're you're fabricating things or you're cutting corners to try to get him, I don't care for that so much. Um, so that brings us back to Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State under the Barack Obama administration for the first, well, I guess it was four years or so, um, three years. She mishandled classified information. We knew that from Andrew Weiner, went from his laptop because his wife was working for Hillary Clinton. We knew that from statements she made. She had her own homebrew server. We talked about that in the past. It's not, it's not the easiest thing to run, and it certainly leaves you open to a lot of problems, and it's not kosher. It's not really what you should be doing uh, with government information. Um, but it's a way to circumvent government oversight on your emails. So it looks suspicious. Were there, were there bad things in there? I have no idea. Only Hillary and whoever wiped her hard drive knows that. Um, the rest of us don't know that. It looks bad, but apparently Hillary is okay with it looking bad as long as it isn't actually shown to be bad. Um, look at her husband. I, I think the hypocrisy comes when no charges were pursued against Hillary. No raids were conducted against Hillary. No, no items were seized from Hillary and her residence. Nothing was done to Hillary. We know something happened, and it appears that as soon as she lost the election, nobody cared. It's all about getting Donald Trump. It's all about getting Trump, which it was anyway. Had Donald Trump not won in 2016 and Hillary had won, we still wouldn't know anything about Hillary because it would have been swept under the rug. But Trump became the focus. So I'm not saying the FBI doesn't have a right to pursue uh, criminal action, which is what they're saying this was. It was a criminal investigation for Presidential Records Act of 1978. Okay. Now, this has been bantered around. The president can determine if something is classified or not. So he could declassify whatever he took with him, and then therefore it's no longer national security and classified. Okay, you are supposed to preserve all your records for the archives so that it's available for posterity. Okay. Did he do that? I don't know. Did, did he destroy anything? I don't know that either. And the FBI is not t talking. It's an ongoing investigation. Um, but it, it's a bad look. Let's say that. The optics, we talk about the optics. The optics are bad on this. When the Department of Justice doesn't know what's going on and the president doesn't know what's going on about a raid on your predecessor's home, that doesn't, that's not okay for, for the White House spokesperson to say, well, President Biden didn't know about it until he saw it on Twitter. Really? Shouldn't you know that? It's like saying, hey, we got Osama bin Laden. What do we do? We didn't bother telling Obama. We just did it. We didn't, we didn't get permission. We just, just did it. Would that be okay? No, of course it wouldn't be okay. 
If they hadn't told George W. Bush that the towers had been hit, they waited until he flew back to Washington. Hey, by the way, the towers got hit. People died. Uh, they hit the Pentagon. Just aside, let you know after the fact. Of course not. That, this is something the president should know about. This is something the attorney general should know about. If they raid my house, that's a different discussion. I'm a nobody. But if they raid Donald, Donald Trump's house, that's kind of important, don't you think? There's going to be a lot of eyes on that. And you're there for 10 hours in full body armor with automatic rifles. Nobody will notice. Nothing to see here. Just move along. Seriously. Did, did anybody put this through the PR machine and say, hmm, we better have this locked up tight. We better, maybe we shouldn't go to a federal appointee judge who's an Obama donor. Maybe we could find literally anybody else who's not associated with the Democratic Party. But why do that? Because I don't need to do that. It's, it's not, not important. So I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem good. Now, are there things there to find? I don't know. Cocktail napkins? I don't know what's on them. I mean, I don't know. Searching Melania's personal closet? I don't know. T- taking the safe out. Breaking into the safe and, and, and taking stuff out of the safe. Eh? It, it felt like a desperate move to try to find anything to go after Donald Trump for. Anything. Once you're in the door and it's available, you, might, you never know what you're going to find. It's a, it's a search mission. I, that's where I'm a little struggling because I, it seems like this was approved by a federal judge, kind of like the FISA court, where we don't really have any real proof. I'm not convinced there's an actual um, confidential informant. Uh, I think they made it up. Show me the confidential informant. Now, you're not going to because it's confidential. But show me, show me some proof that this person exists and it wasn't in somebody's fever dream. Ron Klain calling in from a payphone in uh, in. Uh, rural Virginia. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, yeah. There's stuff in the basement at Mar-a-Lago. Come on. I, I, I don't believe that when you say it's a, it's a private citizen and you've lied to me over and over and over and over and over again, I start to not maybe believe you that maybe this time it truly is an informant. Maybe. Now, are there informants out there in Donald Trump? I guarantee there, there are people who don't like Donald Trump, who have a vendetta against Donald Trump, who probably still work for Donald Trump. Um, He's not the nicest of people to, to a lot of staff, so it's certainly possible. But it, this would have been somebody with access to the residence, to the basement of the residence. Again, this is Florida. I don't know. Is there, is there a basement in, in Mar-a-Lago? I mean, it might be a storage room that we keep saying basement. They don't build a lot of basements in Florida, but I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. It's not Kansas. So in, in light of all that, Trump went to talk to the AG, refused to give a deposition yesterday in, in New York, um, and he pled the fifth, which sometimes when you do that, you, you feel like the person's guilty. Um, but sometimes when they're out to get you, they're out to get you. And anything you say can be misconstrued or twisted to get you. So I understand the rationale behind pleading the fifth. Um, I again, I don't think it's a good look for Donald Trump, but... I don't know what he gains by talking. They're looking, this AG is looking for something to hang him with. She wants to put him away. Can you imagine that? Donald Trump going up to Rikers Island? I guess it could happen, but 
you didn't put Andrew Cuomo away. You know, Andrew Cuomo's a dirtbag. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's possible. We'll have to wait and see. So in, in light of all this, Trump releases a campaign ad, for lack of a better term. And the audio will not do, the, do it justice for the video, but you should go look it up on YouTube. Um, but I want to contrast this with a previous president's ad and see if you feel some similarities. And, and talk about what you didn't hear in Trump's ad that normally you probably would have. So let me play Trump's ad. Okay, that's not working. So let me go back here, and I'll do it from here. Okay. So Trump's ad is, it's, it's actually decent. I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset by it. I think it's, I think it's a good, it's a good ad. And I'm wondering if, you know, if this is what we should be looking at. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years, where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We're a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. 
is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and you know, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Okay, I want you to listen to this next one. It's much shorter, um, and we'll contrast what we're talking about here. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? that was uh, Reagan's uh, re-election 1984 uh, campaign, the Morning in America ad. He went on to win 49 of 50 states, um, destroyed Walter Mondale, uh, who was the former vice president under Carter. I wonder if Trump had kind of had that philosophy going into the 2020 election instead of about me, the referendum on him. Would there have been a different outcome? I don't know. I mean, it's it certainly Reagan and Trump are not the same person. Uh, Reagan was much more personable about it. But the contrast there is, is there, I felt some similarities. The rain, the video goes, starts in black and white and becomes color when he starts talking about we'll be great again. I, I felt as though I was listening to an echo of that 1984 ad from Reagan. I don't know if it'll make a difference. I don't, again, I don't know if 2024, if he should even run. I don't, I, I don't want, I don't want him to run because I think there's too much baggage. I think there's too many people who are trying to bring him down and legislatively, I think it will, it will crash whatever he's trying to do. And I don't want that. I want to move forward. I want to get out of this Biden malaise, the Carter malaise. Um, but Reagan's, Reagan's time in office brought hope, um, when there wasn't a lot of hope, but some of our listeners may not have been alive or if they were, they were very young um, when Carter was president. Um, Carter was a disaster. He was an unmitigated disaster as a president. He did not know what he was doing. He did not know how to lead. He thought his malaise speech was something phenomenal. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up on YouTube. You, you can 
listen to this horrible um, understanding of the American people. Uh, instead of fixing the problem, he put on a sweater. We didn't elect Mr. Rogers, so stop trying to act like Mr. Rogers. Be the president. So he was a horrible president. Um, the Iran hostage crisis, it, it just was... Up until Watergate, it felt like maybe the 70s weren't so bad. Watergate, kind of a stain. Vietnam. Then we got Carter and the Arab oil embargo and hostages. The 70s were not a great decade. I, I don't let anybody tell you they were. There might have been moments where individuals had some good times, but the 70s were a mess. They were a mess of, uh, of a lot of things caused by a lot of politicians. Um, but I, Carter caused those things, and Biden has caused these things. So I don't want to let Biden off the hook because he's incompetent. His legislative policies, his desire to go green at all costs is costing the world, the United States and the world. We're being, we're being beaten down because we don't have enough of the things we need because of the legislative boondoggle that is the Democratic Party. Has, has Pete Buttigieg gotten the supply chain in order? I was talking to a neighbor the other night. During COVID, they stopped making chips for cars because they didn't think people would be buying cars. They got a bunch of money from the government. Thanks, Donald Trump. That was not necessary. You shut down the world. You shouldn't have shut down the world. But that's beside the point. So they didn't have enough chips. It's two years later. Still don't have vehicles. Drive by. I said this last week. Drive by a car dealership. How many vehicles are on the a lot? Is it full? I doubt it. The, the car manufacturers are looking to double the number of chips needed in their vehicles in the next five years. Let that sink in for a second. Now, they may be more up-to-date chips, which means they may be more available, but they want to double what they currently are using, and they can't get enough of what they're using. Can't get enough steel. Can't get enough parts. Can't get enough anything. You know, I, I hear Donald or I hear uh, Joe Biden talking about bringing everything to America, made in America. Made, yeah, well, we can't make it in America because it's too expensive. That's why we went to China and India. The, you don't grasp this. I want good-paying union jobs, and I want the products to be cheap. Well, those two don't go together. So, what are you talking about? If you want it made here, and I'm fine with having it made here, we control the the supply chain a little bit better but you're not going to get it cheap. You know, you can get it fast, you can get it cheap, and get it well-made. You can't have all three. Which of the two do you want? Cheap and fast. That's what you're going to get. Cheap and fast, well-made, okay, whatever. The, the whole point is we have bad leadership currently. I'm not saying Donald Trump was perfect because he certainly was not, but we have bad leadership. This is what really bad leadership looks like. Because it's not leadership. We've all worked for somebody who's a bad leader, who is not respected by their peers, not respected by their employees, and you end up with this. This is what you end up when you have bad leadership. Now, so don't tell me the adults are back in charge. The adults are not in charge. Adult in the sense that they're old, sure. Adult in the sense that they know what they're doing, not in the slightest. 
So if you're using that to, to chronologically date them as adults, then yes, the adults are in charge. But if you're using it to competency levels, not even remotely close. Not even remotely close. So I leave you with that. But what you didn't hear in that Donald Trump ad was about the uh, stolen election in 2020. You heard a little bit about weaponization and politicization, but that could be applied to anybody. It's not necessarily him, but it's probably a lot of him. Um, but it wasn't that drum he keeps beating about, I was cheated, I was cheated. People don't want to hear that anymore. They didn't want to hear I don't know that anyone wanted to hear it in 2020. They don't want to hear it now. Move on. Get on with your life. Get on to something else, but move on. And eventually, if you can get past that, maybe a lot of people will say, you know what? Biden's a train wreck, and whoever they're going to put up isn't much better. Who, who's the best Democratic candidate out there? I don't know. Who's the best Republican candidate out there? It's probably not Trump, but he may be the candidate. He's got the name recognition, and he's got a previous track record, good or bad. So I leave you with all that. Just think about that. Is the baggage too much? for you to vote for Donald Trump in 2024. And if he didn't have the baggage, would he be the same candidate? Would he fight? I, I'm not sure that he would if he was not, because look at all the other Republican candidates. They're not fighters, not in the same way. Uh, do they need the baggage? They all, everybody has baggage, but do they need that much baggage to be that much of a fighter? Do we need a fighter? Is fighting what we're looking for? Is some, I want to tear down the apparatchik of the government. I'm tired of the the uh, deep state, if you want to call it that, constantly you know, adding 87,000 IRS agents to ostensibly audit $400,000 a year in your household, which is 2.8 million people, which is about 17.4 agents per that seems like a lot of people to scour a tax return. Hmm. Might they be using them for something else? There's an ad in the papers looking for agents with physical fitness and ability to use a handgun or use a gun to defend life and death situations. Accountants with guns. That's the FBI, basically. Lawyers and accountants at the FBI. I don't know. It just seems like... It seems like the state is trying to take over everything and everyone. And if you don't like it, too bad. Because we need to get our $600 Venmo tax. I mean, that's really what it has to be about, right? You don't need 87,000 additional employees to go after 2.8 million audits. This has got to be for something else, right? Whatever they tell you doesn't make it true. Uh, They told the Inflation Reduction Act was going to reduce inflation, which it will not. So when stuff like that's happening, I'm not pleased. You shouldn't be pleased. You shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't say, well, this is a great thing. More, more government bureaucracy is a good thing. Well, no, no, it's not. Um, it's always a bad thing. We're paying people to come, to come after us. I'm not going to use the East German Stasi or the KGB, but it, it certainly feels as though um, you're not trusted. You know, you, we're out to get you. You know, every time something like this happens, I don't know, maybe they're not, but it doesn't feel that way. And again, it's the optics. What does it look like? Raiding the ex-president's home. What does it look like? Did we think that far ahead? I don't think so. So as I was closing out the episode, I want to check the news feed as we're going through because in uh, 
AG Garland was going to be speaking. Um, I got a couple of things I want to talk about here, so let me play his little clip um, and talk about it. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Okay, that contradicts what we were told on Monday uh, by the White House that A.G. Garland did not know about the raid, um, which doesn't totally shock me. (laughs) And then Kelly O'Donnell is reporting that A.G. Garland is making a statement. The White House says they were not informed this was happening and, quote, we have no notice that he was giving remarks and no briefing on the content of them. Uh, Okay. And then Garland says, you know, he, he takes issue with the FBI being disparaged um, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. It feels like Christopher Ray did this. Garland's given him cover, but he didn't inform the boss. That's what it sounds like to me, um, because it shouldn't have taken 72 hours for you to come out with this statement. <laughs> I approved. All right, I, I authorized it. It took you 72 hours to figure that out. Uh, sorry, I'm not buying what you're selling. Sorry. Uh, and you didn't tell the Biden White House. Mm, maybe because you didn't want to leak? Probably. Um, but you're, yeah, it, it's it's a little messy. So take that for what it is. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably get more on this as we go, but I thought I'd throw that in there at the end. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. Good night. Production.